0: Hello and welcome to the B2B Sales Playbook Podcast, brought to you as ever by Lead Forensics. I am your host, Joe Ducaro. This episode is the audio taken from the first in our brand new webinar series, B2B Superpowers. In this first edition, I had a conversation with Matthew Provins, Head of Partnerships and Enablement at Glen Coco, all about how to become Captain Cold Cool. You'll learn how to leap over any objection in a single bound, close deals faster than a speeding bullet, and tastes sweet victory over Captain Coldcall's arch nemesis, the Gatekeeper. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the B2B Sales Playbook Podcast. So, armed with exceptional communication skills and unwavering confidence, Captain cool possesses the ability to connect with prospects and turn even the coldest leads into warm opportunities. So, Matthew... As we know, a lot of superheroes have an Achilles heel or a weakness that can deter their performance. So what is the kryptonite of cold calling?
1: Yeah, so this is one I actually spoke with my colleagues about to see if they agreed with me. Um, and we, we all agreed it's having expectations going into a call. That is probably the, the biggest Achilles heel that anybody can have. The best cold callers don't go into it expecting it to be a cold call or convert into a meeting. They go into it expecting to have a conversation and build a relationship. Mm. Um, the, the the best thing you can legitimately do is just be a human being, be yourself, um, go in and have your questions ready to go. Um, but also be prepared to answer questions with your prospects and don't get uh, defensive or off put with, with the objections. I know we're going to go more over objections later and I'll, I'll cover my bases there, <laughs> but that, that's overall It's just having expectations. I know that's a big thing, mostly with newer or green SDRs um and that's something that you get better at as you go on to, into the career but if that's something i had been told going in i would have ramped up even faster
0: yeah i suppose it's as you say like it's a, a mistake that you probably make very early on in your career mm-hmm. is going well this call is definitely going to sell like straight away right straight yeah. off the bat so can we go a bit more into the building the relationship side of things then What what techniques do you use to help build rapport when you're on a cold call
1: yeah. Um, once again, I know we're going to go into active listening later, but that's probably the the, the number one thing you can really implement um, when it comes to building a relationship. Um, it's just legitimately showing the person that you care about them, their time, their day, their job, their company, every little piece of information available. It's um, it's very psychological. Um, you know, I, I studied psychology when I was going to college. I ended up dropping out, but that's I, I take I took a lot of those skills from learning what I got from my professors and implemented that when I trans- transitioned into my first SDR role. Um, it's truly just understanding what that person on the other side of the phone is going through mm. as you're having that conversation with them, putting yourself in their shoes and understanding, okay, if this person were to say this thing to me, how would I respond? Right
0: a hundred percent yeah the number of times that i i have to put myself in in those shoes when i'm looking at you know if we're creating a piece of content for Lee forensics or something like that i have to look at it and say okay if i'm seeing this for the first time what is my initial reaction to this does it work so how much of it is then also you because you're trying to find out what pain points that your prospect has how much of it is then trying to determine whether or not they're a good fit for you in the same way that you're uh, that you're a good fit for them does that make sense? Yeah, um, I'm going to say something that
1: some SDRs and leaders won't like, um, but disqualifying is more important than qualifying. Um, I'm just going to say that off the bat. Um, It is more important to find somebody who's not going to fit because then that gets you a step closer to finding somebody who will fit. Right. Um, And even then, right, when you're using your your disqualification questions, you may find that this person may be a fit later on. And so now not only have you found out that this person doesn't work now, but you've created a warm lead six months down the line, a year down the line, whatever it is, then you can reach back out from them, reach back out to them at that point. Um, And now you've already built that relationship up and getting that lead into a meeting is super easy.
0: Mm. So, I mean, uh, we, we mentioned right, right at the very start of this, that we were going to come to objection handling. So let's, go, let's go into that right now. So objection handling, it's, it's a common foe for salespeople. So what techniques can we equip ourselves with to make sure we're ready for action when we're cold calling?
1: Yeah. So this one is probably fairly, uh, typically hard to implement. Um, it has to become a habit. Um, it's using yes. And rather than yes, but right. <laughs> Um, I, there's a surprising amount of SDRs I speak to and enable that don't know that, um, uh, especially new coming into the field, even sales leaders that i they've, they've tried to close me on demos and they go, yeah, but compared to our competitor, I don't care what you're like compared to your competitor. I want to know what makes you unique, right? Why should I be speaking to you right now? Right. I I may speak to your competitor that shouldn't matter to you. What should Mm. matter is what makes you good, not better, but good in your own unique way. Right. So when somebody throws you an objection, oftentimes that's going to be a pain point that you can utilize, be like, yeah, and I completely agree with you on that point. And we can actually help you with this as well. Right. It's just using, and, 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 and moving forward through that. Once you use the word, but that creates a negative connotation. And it immediately sets your prospect away from you. It's a very political power move. Um, and it's something that creates, it's something that takes a lot of time to really implement and use. I even catch myself many times using yes, but rather than yes, and and I've been doing this for a while now. Um, and so it just, you know, you just have to mentally think, how am I talking? How does my prospect hear me? And sometimes just slow down. It's it's better to have a pause in your conversation than it is to go, um uh, but, right, things like that
0: <laughs> absolutely and i think just there's a few points i wanted to cover off on that one so the the yes and thing that resonates with me particularly because like i'm aware that a lot of improvisational comedians say that that's the rule isn't it you mm-hmm. always yes and you go with the bit um exactly. but buying yourself that time something that i've discovered when i've been doing you know recordings podcasts anything like that as much as i don't want there to be dead air within the call or within the show whatever it is i'm doing sometimes the person on the other end of the line will fill that silence for you. If you deliberately leave that pause, it's, it's on both of you. Both of yep. you are, are recognizing, okay, there is a silence. Someone needs to fill it. And 50% of it is them. So then what might happen is you leave a little, you just take a breather, calm yourself down from whatever, you know, just bring yourself back to, um to center yourself what might happen in that silence is they open up with something else that you can go, oh, actually, that is something that we can use, right?
1: Yep, exactly. Um, I, no, I think that's a super power move right there, right? Because if your prospect is truly interested and they want to have that conversation with you, they will be the ones filling that silence. And then you immediately know, oh, I have them on the hook, right? I just need to continue this conversation, and reel them in.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's a fantastic tip. Thank you, Matthew. That's a fantastic piece of value that you've given for uh, for everybody watching this. So, awesome. uh, I think we've covered off the um, the active listening piece. Did you yeah. want to add anything more to active listening at all?
1: Um, I mean, the most important thing is active listening is not just shutting up, but it's also asking questions, and not not just any questions, but the right ones. Right? You got to make sure your questions are open ended. Right? Because once your prospect gives you a yes or no, that part of the conversation's done. Right. It's very hard to continue that part of that conversation. So asking them an open-ended question rather than, you know, is your favorite color green? It's why is your favorite color green? Right. Um, which that, that is my favorite color. So how to say, it. <laughs> um, but that that's going to be a huge pointer. Cause then that continues the conversation down the line. Surprisingly, people don't do that as often um, as, as I'm listening through people's cold calling, mm-hmm. like what, why are you using closed-ended questions? Um mm. Right. And that's probably one of the biggest pieces of feedback I have to give SDRs every day.
0: Again, there's, a, there's a, a parallel with myself there. That's absolutely right. I try and make sure that every question I ask, it's not a simple yes, because suddenly, oh, well, that's that answer. Then let's move on to the next thing. So, yeah. no, fantastic. Um, so getting back to Captain Cold Call then resilience is absolutely a key power of Captain Cold Call. So how can we emulate this when we're handling rejection?
1: Yeah, Um Handling rejection is something at the very beginning of your career, it's very important to internalize that majority of the time you're not failing. Um, It's just exactly how sales is, right? So you need to have the mindset of when I get this no, I'm a step closer to getting a yes from the next person, right? That's all it truly is. And Mm -hmm. let's be realistic. Not everybody's going to be cut out for it um, people are going to churn. That's just how it is. But if you're one of those people where you can stand up and be like, I'm not going to take this rejection as a failure. I'm going to take it as a learning lesson on how I can improve. Um, or most of the time it's just going to be, that person was going to say no matter, no was going to say no matter what I said or asked. Yeah. Right. Um, and you just have to, you have to get over yourself. That, that's, that's really <laughs> it. Right. Um, the, the sooner you realize that, the not only the easier your career is going to be as a sales rep, but the better you are going to be as a sales rep, um, because you are going to be able to continue smiling while you are dialing, right?
0: <laughs> nice, very good. Yeah, it, it puts me in mind something that I I've only recently like learned myself. So, a, a friend of mine, Tyler Witt, who um, also works for Lead Forensics, he's a fantastic sales leader. He said the thing to do when facing the constant rejection that you get with cold calling is separate yourself sorry separate your result from your performance because as you said you could be the best co- that could be the best cold call of your entire career but that person still might not say yes exactly. so it, it it cannot be it cannot be your fault in that instance because you have done the best you possibly can but they still said no so separating the the result and the performance is absolutely crucial and that's something that I've i've absolutely taken on board so that's just a little tip that I'd offer up for uh, people trying to become Captain Cole. Cool. The same. So
1: (laughs) that's a fantastic tip. I completely agree. Even, even beyond your career as an SDR, even as a leader, you oftentimes you have to separate what you're doing from the result that comes from it. Um, Without failure, you cannot learn. Right. Uh, Albert Einstein made a, a quote about that. I don't know what the exact quote is, but something like if you, if you don't fail, if you only succeed, if you're perfect, then you don't learn anything in life.
0: 100 percent. if i could tie it back to superheroes i very much remember uh, alfred in batman begins saying yeah. why do we fall master bruce so we can learn to pick ourselves back up
1: <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> you can really tell i'm enjoying this superheroes angle that we're going for oh, for, for oh, this webinar oh, yeah. it's fantastic no
1: i'm a, I'm a huge nerd I, I love superheroes too so i appreciate this a lot <laughs> oh,
0: that's fantastic you're a perfect fit for us then matthew um let's move on to uh, the my next point i want to ask you about if we're trying to become Captain Cold Call, then one of our nemeses is surely the gatekeeper. Can you give us some pointers on how to get gatekeepers on our side?
1: Yeah, so I think the first thing is actually not to think of your gatekeeper as a nemesis. Uh, I'll, I'll oh, nice. Okay. Um, your gatekeeper can become your best friend or your champion, right? As we call it within the sales world. Um, you know, most sales leaders, if you're listening to this, you you get cold calls throughout the day. I get cold calls throughout the day. And sometimes they annoy me, right? I've had a busy day. I'm a little bit grumpy. But one thing I will never do is treat somebody badly, right? Um, And you have to think the same thing of your gatekeeper, no matter who your gatekeeper is, if they're the front desk receptionist, if they're the intern, who cares? The first thing you want to ask them is, how is your day going? So-and-so, right? Treat them as a human being, develop them into your champion, right? Because um, I, I was listening to a call the other day. I had a session with one of the SDRs on our platform. Um, I spoke with her directly about this. The next call she made, she said, "Hey, so and so, how's your day going?" Blah blah blah. And then that gatekeeper gave her the direct mobile line to the decision maker, right? And it go. was as simple as just treating them like a human. That's all. That's that's the only secret. That's that's really all you need to know.
0: Mm. But it'd be genuinely interested in that as well. I exactly. it, it's the difference. Oh yeah, how you doing? Versus, hey, how are you going? How's your day? Everything going all right? What you have for lunch? What are you having for your dinner? Something like, that. <laughs> you know, something exactly. like that. I suppose. So we're trying to convert them from our nemesis into our allies. Is what you're saying?
1: Exactly. Um, I mean, there's a lot of superheroes that have done that, right? Batman versus Superman. <laughs> Superman became Superman became the ally after the great fight. After he was revived from the dead, uh, you look at it exactly the same way. Uh, he remembered who he was, uh, and your gatekeeper can remember who they are, and their job is to help you.
0: That's, it's a perfect analogy. I'm very pleased we didn't go down the route of just going, like, oh, our mums have the same name, so that means we can be a team now, because that was <laughs> ridiculous. So, <laughs> Yes um just as speaking of the cape crusader just as robin looks up to batman we can leverage mentors when improving our cold calling powers what key lessons should a good sales leader pass on to their trusty sidekicks
1: yeah um before i really delve deep into that i want to say your mentor is not an end-all be-all to your success your, your mentor can give you the resources and can enable you to be successful, but it is legitimately up to you whether or not you will be successful. You have to make that proactive decision and look retroactively upon yourself it is if you are truly going to do that because not every person is going to be successful, but each person has their own version of what success looks like. So going deep, in, going deeper into that with what actually getting a mentor looks like. Uh, my first mentor in the sales space was a dude named Matthew Binder. All the Matthews are fantastic. Uh, <laughs> would highly recommend following him. He's going to listen to this and be like, Matt, stop, t- stop having people follow my LinkedIn. <laughs> um, but um, the the first thing he ever told me um, was probably. Th- two to three months into my career as an SDR, maybe four. And he said, keep track of everything. Build out a sales playbook, right? Uh, Because while some of sales is luck, right? It's kind of a, a small part of it, right? Sales is all about strategy and data. So if you can keep track of your strategies that are working, you can keep track of your data points behind those strategies that are working, um, then you can replicate those processes and become successful. Not only that, but that helps you get promoted as well in the future when you can present to your manager and beyond, this is what I did to become successful, this is why I should get promoted or I should get a raise or whatever. Part two, um, work with your AE, work with your manager, VP of sales, whatever, figure out what they've done and are doing to be successful Replicate those processes. Now, the one thing that people, the one thing that the biggest mistake that people make within replicating another person's processes is using that 100% of the time, right? It is their process because it is their process. It works with what they do, it works with their personality. So now what you have to do is take their processes and align it with who you are as a human, right? But once you've figured out how their processes work, that's when you can do that. Typically takes anywhere from two weeks to three months to really figure that out. Mm -hmm. Everybody has a different learning curve, and that's fine, right? Don't don't beat yourself up because you're slower than SDRA, right? You, two years from now, may be more successful than SDRA because you took the time, right? It's the tortoise versus the hare, right? It's the same idea there
0: i was desperately trying to think of analogy that works in, in superhero formats so, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that ant-man fought someone big at some point we can maybe yeah. use that one absolutely it, it's it's all well i guess it's taking certain lessons from mentors and applying them at appropriate points rather than wholesale copying because as you said what works for person a isn't going to work for person b correct exactly um Matthew, I I love it when uh, this goes around on LinkedIn. So I have to ask you this. Uh, Do you have a favorite cold call opener or a favorite superhero catchphrase?
1: Oh, man. Um,
0: You did say you were a nerd. So I realize I am putting you on the spot here, but I'm sure there's one in the backlog.
1: Maybe the the wheels of my brain are turning right now. (laughs) Um, Well, for my favorite cold call opener Mm. um, is I I can go. with Maybe I give both. Let's see. Uh, my favorite cold call opener um is probably just the very simple one of hey this is a cold call if you find whatever i'm saying disinteresting at any point of this call feel free to hang up on me. When you give somebody an out and they don't take it they never will take it.
0: I suppose but opening up with that it's the permission isn't it saying look because you know, you know, you i completely understand why you like that that opener because you've identified the pain point with cold calls is sometimes it's the wrong time. You go, Oh, I really don't have time to speak to this person. So just by saying, look, I know where you are with these, feel free to do exactly what you want to do at any time. I, that's, that's a smashing one. The one that I, I really remember that went round, it was uh, last year. It was just getting overviews and overviews and overused with the, um Can I have 27 seconds of your time? And suddenly everybody was using that one. So yeah. it just became like, well, I mean, here we go again on that one. Uh, has that given you sufficient time to come up with your favorite superhero catchphrase or just quote
1: um, honestly just I'm Batman it's like it gives every time every time I see the movie it uh, puts chills down my spine um Alfred uh said something along the the lines of endure master wayne um and that's that's really what I try to intrinsically do every day is just endure and work hard.
0: Fantastic stuff, so it's so simple, isn't it? But it's so evocative, yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, speaking as we were of you know, uh, lines from comic books and and movies, the best superhero movies and comic books obviously have a tight script. So, what are the essential components of a successful cold calling script? Do you think?
1: Uh, this is gonna be really funny that I say this after you said tight script, but the most the, the best scripts are the ones where you improvise.
0: Oh, fantastic!
1: Right? That's that's just Right. A cold call n- needs to not be a cold call. It needs to be a conversation with somebody that you've never spoken to you in your life. That's why I, I as a theater kid, m- all my friends find me crazy. My family thinks I'm crazy, but if I'm on the train, on a plane, anywhere, I like to go up and talk to a random person. And I just like to say, hi, how are you doing today? Right. Or if I see somebody that looks down, I'm like, Hey, are you, are you doing all right? Maybe even, you know, if we're at a Starbucks, offer to buy them a coffee, whatever. You can build sometimes the best friendships or relationships that way, right? It's just by being a genuine human being, um, and that's that's the most important thing for a cold call script. It's kind of you know understanding the most vital parts of what you need to say and ask in that conversation, but throwing the rest of that out.
0: Absolutely, yeah. It it so is, isn't it? I suppose the key. This is the lesson that keeps coming back to me when, when I'm doing webinars and podcasts is that people buy from people. So if you present yourself as the most human version of yourself possible, not you know hey corporation on the phone here yeah you're going to be way more successful every time so i mean something else that that strikes me as a challenge for for cold calls is staying calm so do you have any tips for staying calm during a cold call if it's potentially not going the way you want it to go
1: um well so before i start a cold calling session um i listen to some heavy rap like to get me pumping i'm not even joking like the most a trappy american rap you can imagine um
0: who's you go to uh
1: probably j cole um, nice. um i love j cole uh hobson is really good because he tells a really good story and i love stories um a lot of people are gonna be like oh my god he listens to hobson uh because uh he's hobson was one of the people that like actually developed rap that we have today but a lot of people don't know that so they're gonna go google him after this and be like oh my god he's right yeah, i know i'm right
0: um if you're listening, uh, what was texting. the other part
1: of that question? Is what I what do I do during the cold call?
0: Mm, if it's um, not if it's potentially not going the way you want it to go, how do you not you know get get overwhelmed with it?
1: Um, honestly, it just takes practice. You take a deep breath, understand that this is not your failure. Uh, understand that your goal is to just have that conversation, right? I, I, I don't meditate as much as I used to, but I used to meditate all the time. And not some weird, m- vibey California, Los Angeles thing to do, right? It's something where you're just sitting there, breathing at your own pace and not trying to think,
0: right? It's, yeah, it's, it is incredible how just a few breaths just absolutely can. It, it reduces the, the adrenaline and it you just increases oxytocin, dopamine, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's, it, it's, it's hugely helpful.
1: Yeah. It's releasing yourself from the expectations of, that other people have of you.
0: hundred percent. So Matthew, just to wrap up our conversation and complete our training so we can go on to become Captain Cold, Cold What's mm-hmm. the one key piece of advice you'd like to leave everyone here with today?
1: Uh, as Nike says, just do it. Um, don't, when you think of cold calls, don't be scared. You're gonna have to do it at some point. So just go and do it now, build confidence. Nobody goes into this job with, I'm gonna absolutely kill it. I was I was ready to poop my pants the first day I had a cold <laughs> call, right? And I was thrown at enterprises my first day as an SDR. Um, and right, I, I didn't do 100% well. I, I did book one meeting within my first like two months, right? And then, and then I became a good SDR. So don't be afraid, just go and do the job.
0: If I may add to that, as my mum likes to say, feel the fear and do it anyway. Darn right. (laughs) Excellent stuff. Matthew, thank you so much for sharing your B2B superpowers with us today. Thank you. Well, there we go. Matthew Province on Becoming Captain Cold Cool. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation because I had a lot of fun recording it. And I hope you got some value out of it. Matthew was a fantastic guest. Thank you so much to Matthew for joining me. And thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to the B2B Sales Playbook podcast wherever you get your podcasts and give us a five-star rating where possible. We'll be back next week for another episode of the B2B Sales Playbook podcast.